0: All right, Mike Heike, last time we'll do this this year. Indeed. <laughs> That's the old. See, you know, like this is the last day of the year. Yes, it is. And a uh, little shout-out to Ben Frommstein and, and Joe and, and our illustrious rinky-dinking member, Tom Holy. This probably in, came from the top. In the game notes today, one of the titles of the sections, Rinking in the New Year. And there's no question, no question that they were giving a nod and a wink to rinky-dinking, our end of 2018 edition. Uh, You were off on more important business. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. And sorry to hear about your dad. We both dealt with that here this season. Uh, But while you were attending to family business up in Michigan, things went on down here. I I questioned the timing. I thought, you know, (laughs) shouldn't I be down there? (laughs) So let's... Let's spend the first part of it anyway going over some thoughts on the whole Jim uh, Lights, Ben and Sagan. Uh, I don't know if it's a fiasco. It was certainly a right. uh, brouhaha, and it, it blew up all over two nations and in the media in general. I'll say this off the top. He's, he's our boss. He's right. my boss. Yep. Um, and I owe a lot to Jim Lights. Yep. And he's done some extremely wonderful things within this organization and he's often been bang on when he's given me his vision of things and i've worked for him now for over 20 years it was shocking and obviously it was potty mouth the (laughs) diatribe and i i both liked it and i disliked it you well what's
1: interesting about all of this is because i've been in there before and the media the way media is done is changing and I think what Jim Neal got caught or Jim uh, Lights got caught in is he's used that language with me before and I can't use that in a family newspaper. So then it gets filtered somewhat. I mean, you know, it, it just does. You're just not going to put those words into print. Right. And here he told, you know, Sean Shapiro, who works for the athletic And they do use that language, and I do think it makes it more shocking. Um, So, you know, the message is similar, but the tone is completely different when you start using F-bombs and things of that nature. And I I don't think he intended that part of the message to get out. I think he was kind of... You don't think so? No, I really don't. Mm. Because I've been in the room with him and heard him say that stuff to me, and then... He's very happy with the way that I write it without the F, <laughs> because the message gets across. Yeah. But you, the don't the world's
0: ha- a more coarse place, though. It Wouldn't is. Agree? I agree with that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, but it's interesting because I do think that the tone of it became much more intense because of because the, of that. Yeah. Because Agreed. Of the language.
0: Agreed. The I, I took this from it. That this was a page from the Scotty Bowman, Ken Hitchcock, Mike Keenan. Uh, You'll all be united in your hatred of me. Correct. That was that was part of it for me. At the same time, and I said this the other night on the broadcast, it's hard to galvanize a team in 2018. Correct. It, there's just, you know, in, in this sport especially, you don't have the brawls, you don't stay over, guys don't hang out as much as they once did in that. It, it, it's more individualistic. Uh, there are more co-workers than teammates, I think, in, in the NHL now.
1: And the union, I think, is a big, strong, bonding yeah, force yeah. that all the players are together, sometimes against the management. Well, and,
0: and... there was a statement that came from them in the aftermath yeah. of this as well. But, uh, but I'll also add this, that part of it was the flare that he wanted to fire up, right? which essentially, and I know him, and you and I have been around here for so long, it was pretty obvious. We're on a treadmill of obscurity, Correct. and it was bugging people. They're not talked about, not not just here locally, but just in general. Right. Uh, not the shiny new toy that it was when Sagan first arrived from Boston, and they went nuts offensively in that. You missed the playoffs eight years and or eight out of ten years, and this this happens. Yeah. And it felt like one of those. You know what? We need a paradigm shift here in some way somehow and if I end up being the bad guy and it was obviously backed up by ownership yep and backed up by the general manager uh who came out yesterday and again both of them were like didn't want that language in there but the message they wanted out there was the message they wanted out there right uh was it valid I guess you know, is the the number one question that comes and again
1: out it. it depends on whose point of view you have yeah. Because you and I have been here, and I know that management and ownership has been frustrated with the, the top players on the team, even last year. Even though Jamie came back and, and you know, got almost a point of yeah. game and, and was leading the team in scoring, they were frustrated with the inconsistency of his performance. And if you look at – and I was just talking to Jason Spets at the morning skate – inconsistency inconsistency that's what you hear about this team it's inconsistent well you know if you trace that back to the captain's inconsistent then does that trickle down and is he not leading them you know to the certain place they need to be and is he not doing this game after game after game which you know they're saying he needs to do because of the amount of money he makes on the other side how hard is that to do I mean you can't In hockey, hockey might be the ultimate team sport. One guy can't just do everything. And so, you know, I I get the people who say...
0: Case in point, Connor McDavid.
1: Exactly. I mean, you look at some of these teams and you're just like, it's great that, you know, Malkin or Crosby or Taves or Kane, but then look at the people around them. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're getting a lot of help. If you're on the ice for 20 out of 60 minutes, you need a lot of help.
0: And so, you know, I see both sides of it. Well... I agree. Like some of it of course is is valid. Right. There's no question our eyeballs tell us yeah. that. But some took the analytic deep dive on this thing and it doesn't bear out maybe as uh as obvious or as deep as it was relayed Correct. in the beginning. And to me, the injuries on defense have have affected this. Yes. Uh, with your top guys, it's it's when you get the puck, it's where you get the puck, it's how you get the puck that drives a lot of your your offensive uh, thrust. The power play has has not scored at the rate that they would expect it to. They haven't been on the power play Correct. at the rate. They were the last team or will be the last team to get on the power play 100 times this year. Yeah. They have the second fewest empty net goals in the league. Only Edmonton has fewer. Right. Uh, And then all the road games. And you know darn well you play that amount of road games, which is true. Those guys go up against the best checking, the best defense pair every shift and have to overcome it. Yeah, that's part of the burden of being paid that and having that, uh, you know, you're the best player. you got to fight through that stuff. I can't hide you. You can get advantages at home, but you can't on the road. And you've got a new coach. And, yeah. and you know, Montgomery has uh, some of this on on him just from uh, how would he know exactly what buttons to push on these individuals when he's only had them for a training camp and a few games. It was never going to sustain itself from the, the beginning of the season when those three guys, Radulov, Ben, and Sagan scored eleven of the first fifteen goals. Right, and the power play was eleven it, of the first fifteen Fifty percent, or whatever it was, it was like seventy three percent of the Stars' offense. Right. So there was all there was there was all of that, and uh, I think it's kind of it's kind of shared to me that it's it's not the complete truth, but there's truth correct to it uh, that they and they, I, I was really impressed with both of the young yes. guys. And how they handle it and what they said. They, I think they looked exhausted in that game against Detroit mentally. Yep, it wasn't that they just you know didn't have an impact on the game. I don't. I don't think they could. Right. I think there was a lot rattling around in between the years yeah. leading up to it, obviously, and then and then trying to compete in it. Yeah. But the the other part of the uh, of this diatribe uh, to the to the brought in media and not everybody was there, but right. the message got out there was it was a shot at our own media coverage. Yes. And it it was echoed by Jim Nill again yesterday. They feel like the media is not holding the players uh, accountable enough. Yeah. I've actually had
1: this discussion with Jim Nill. and and, and like you you're the perfect guy to answer. I this. am because I'm,
0: I've been a team employee forever. Right. And I just I don't feel like it's my job. I, I try to be honest. Right. But it's honest without an edge for right. the most part because we have to. I have to deal with these guys. You have to travel with them. And the last thing on earth you want to do is bash them over and over again to a point where anybody that has any interest in us is like, well, why would I even bother? Right. Because they're obviously awful or right. he's terrible. And whether it's a coach or a player or whatever it is, you just kind of have to – get their side of the story and relay whatever facts you can and always have a Dallas Stars slant to it. That's, yeah, that's and serious. and we're not in the business of breaking news. Right. We're we're reporters for the most part. Yeah. You guys when you were at the Morning News or the Athletic, that's your job. Right. You are newsbreakers. You're expected to do that, I would think. But you you speak to this. Well, my my tone
1: in the job at the Morning News was more positive than it probably should have been, but that's kind of who i was and it's funny because with joe newendike he thought i was too negative and so you know you're you're going back on this okay well what is your tone and and i do like i try and you know bring the truth subtly sometimes and you know so have a a soft razor's edge to it or whatever (laughs) um but it's like i keep going back and when i was talking to jim nill about this i go you know, I, I don't see him getting torn up in Tampa or Carolina or Denver or Anaheim or LA or San Jose or, you know, you go down the list of Sunbelt cities, no media is tearing up their hockey team. So for them to say, well, we want you to be like Edmonton or Montreal. It just doesn't happen. And then I can't do it myself, even at the morning news. I mean, you have to have columnists. Well, the columnists are only interested when the team's winning. So you're not going to have Tim Collishaw come in and just write a rip piece on a team that he hasn't even watched all year. So there's a lot of different moving parts in what do you rip, what do you not. And then the other thing, and we were talking at the Morning Skate with the media this morning, how much do the players read our stuff? None.
0: Yeah, I no nowhere near as much as if they used before. To. We had this conversation the other day, back when newspapers were a thing, right? And uh, we were talking with Jerry Fraley about it. That if you write stuff like they wrote, most of it was was quotes, not not right. opinion. But when you did that back in the day, you showed up the next day in the room, right? And the difference then to now is that then all the guys would have read it, right? they, they read it. They knew what was being said and They talked about it in the locker room. So then you had the opportunity to take all the slings and arrows and present your point and get their reaction or whatever it was. Now I, I question the same thing. I don't know whether – I don't think they even watched games for the no. most part. And it's not really their fault. They're expected uh, to watch so much video of themselves and whoever they're playing – And there are distractions in social media and everything else. If they're going to get it from anywhere, they're going to see it on on Twitter or somewhere. And the problem with that is they're probably only going to read the headline, not the right. article.
1: Or they'll hear it from their wife or their friend well, or whatever. Yeah. And then Which it, is it gets, always it an gets interesting... It twisted around yes, a little bit It's that never the it... uh,
0: complete unvarnished truth. Right. It's got a real slant to that too.
1: And what I think the management would like is an entire environment. I mean, it's not just the reporters. Why aren't the people on talk radio, you know, ripping them? Why aren't the people uh, on the... Uh, uh, why aren't the cameras
0: here asking hard questions? And, but we both agree that... That part of a big chunk of that is: Are you a playoff team? Right. Have you had success or not? Because I've, you go back and look at any of these teams that are elite right now that have won championships, yep. and when they weren't Chicago, there were thirty-six hundred people there and one beat writer right. following them around before they became the Chicago Blackhawks and won three cups in ten years. Right. Uh, but I understand the frustration too. I really yeah. do, and maybe. Maybe you do have to create your own, uh, you know, your own controversy in a way. Because believe me, everyone's talking about the Dallas Stars right now. Well, well, the other good thing about this, and this is just me, and
1: and I'm not saying it backfired because I actually think this is, you know, a wonderful thing. But if the front office or if ownership or if, you know, whoever else – thought that they didn't have a problem well just read some of the media you know right. media out there now because a lot of people you know they're they're not saying that Ben and Sagan don't have some responsibility in this but they're saying like let's look at every aspect of the Dallas Tigers. yeah and I
0: found that interesting that, that I mean there were obviously a lot that were like yeah you know finally that was said right and that's if you've watched the games you know that's the way it's been right. or whatever but I don't know you know Tyler had a pretty good year last year and scored, scored 40 goals. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm the same. I, I'm interested to see if that, that phrase from Shakespeare, I think it was from Hamlet, hoisted by your own petard, <laughs> plays into this one. Yes. Because in, in some ways, if I think I have it broken down properly or explained. A, a petard is a bomb, yep. a bomb maker. And in Hamlet... Uh, the idea was to do harm somewhere else or, or through c- destruction, create construction, and you can have it blow up on you. Correct. And you're hoisted by your own petard. Right. Or,
1: you're welcome,
0: podcast <laughs> listeners.
1: <laughs> now, now there's some culture in there. So, with, Or, as, as I said today, with Bob Gainey said, you don't talk in the room because you don't want the criticism on you. You're yeah. just trying to be quiet. Yeah. Well, now, the, you know, now that you've talked, you know, everybody's open.
0: Yeah, but and especially in our analytical world now, you know, the guys from the outside looked at it and they're like, "Well, maybe they are right." Right. Let's let's have a look here. So they go into all the numbers in that and they have their opinions coming out of that that maybe it's not just all those two guys. And right. I wonder even from the beginning of this whether they feel like it's just those two guys or if they needed you know, you go after your best players right. I, I I can remember coaches for the most part, and this was a different time but they would they would go into the room and they would or they would pull the captain aside and tell him this is going to happen right I think Ganey did it here, and yeah. you know Leds and those guys talked about it Carbonell, he would he would say basically I'm going to come after you in there today in front of everyone because I know." hey i'm telling you right no you can and take i it. know you can take it and i know the reaction to the rest of them and maybe that's the byproduct of this or the product yeah of this in the in the long run and i'll, I'll say this usually this is how it happens from the player's perspective and again both of them handled it extremely right. well i thought but when you, you're used to criticism as an athlete right. i mean that's you're and you're used to failure. You either get up from it or you, you don't and you get criticized, you either go in the fetal position or you bow up a little bit. Right. But what usually happens is at first there is recoil. Right. Because nobody really likes to be criticized. Right. You just don't. And especially in that manner. So there's a little bit of that, you know, lash out and, and look for anybody, misery loves company. But then it's followed by some reflection. And you kinda look at it and you go, Well, is there some truth to this too? Which can be healthy. Yeah. And then ultimately, the good ones go out there and they make them shut up or stick it up their you-know-what and play to a different level. Yeah. So, in a way, the, the person that said it, the criticism get, gets what they want, and the player themselves become a better player. Yeah, and that's the hope with all of this yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and I will say this. I mean, their frustration is that, that Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan have been top ten scorers for five years, and now they're not. And the league has gotten to be a much higher scoring league, so yeah. but they've also drifted back.
0: So, the, uh, the, I'll, I'll finish with this, and we'll move on to 2018 and 2019. But the the one thing that I that I wished, and this is just this is me. Right. I've got I'm just the broadcaster, but I'm a believer in the compliment sandwich. And if it was if it was laid out that way, because what was completely ignored in it. At least in the statements in that was just how good these two guys have been for this organization right. over a period of time, and i I went back just to look again with Jamie, and Jamie's missed six games in the last seven seasons Jesus. that that's That's playing through bad hips that had to be surgically repaired, and who knows what else, but you and, can say whatever you want about his play. your captain's been there every day, right. Day after day after day, so that that's that's impressive uh, to me. And again, you know, Tyler's coming off only the second forty goal season in franchise yeah. in Dallas franchise uh, history. But with all that and the compliment sandwich, I would have liked to have maybe heard a little bit of that and then dig into the jar of horse poop and take a great big spoonful of it and slather it all over that bread. Right. And have at it yep. the way that it was presented. And then finish up again with what I thought Jim Nill right. uh, did yesterday a little more of, which was this isn't just them. This is there, there's there's more going on here. Right. We should all look at ourselves and and we can all be better and all all that so that it, it wasn't just I'm not blaming you. I'm no. just saying it's all your Fault. <laughs> that is a sly way to go yeah. about this. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's talk New Year's Eve. All right. Let's do that. All right. Perhaps the consumers of Rinky Dinkin can hear the pucks bashing <laughs> off the glass. In the background of this, as Totes runs the audio, we are on the platinum level here at American Airlines Center on the final day of 2018. And the uh, Montreal Canadiens, known as the Habs, or the Habitants, are on the ice getting ready for this one tonight. They were last here in 2003 for New Year's Eve. Interesting. An epic 1-1 tie. Do you know what the shots were in that game? It was Jose Theodore Mm -hmm. and Marty Turco. Both of them played about 70 games that year, right. by the way, when the, your number one guy was playing that. Shots were 21-20 through, oh. through overtime. Yikes. The different, It was a different NHL Indeed. back then. And that was the last year you could ac- actually have in a time. game end in a tie. Yeah. After that, four-on-four four overtime came in, and then, since we've changed it to three-on-three. Three. Uh, but your feeling on, on New Year's Eve hockey games? Uh <laughs> My wife hates <laughs> but I love them. Bye I actually do. I think it's
1: fun. Um, you still have time to get out there and celebrate New Year's, uh, so that's been good, and then It's just always a storyline. It's just a fun game. Uh, You know, you can't say every single one, but, I mean, the majority of them have a story. You know, the Helenium, the Happy New Year, the Marty Party, and, you know, you just go down the list. I mean, there's just been a lot of great memories, and that's what this is. It's sports entertainment. uh, And what better way to bring in the new year with a Dallas Stars game?
0: And the guys who deserve credit for for it are Jim Lights and Jeff Kogan, uh, who brought this from Detroit, the Red Wings have had it longer than the Stars have a New yep. Year's Eve game, and uh, ever since uh, we've had this one, I my only wish is that it would they would start the games earlier. Yeah, I don't understand why is tonight seven or seven thirty. I don't even know. I think it's seven thirty. So why? Because it's right. just a mad scramble out of here for players and coaches and fans and everybody, and nobody's to, working today. No, to get to. Uh, a party or wherever they're going to be to ring in. The, it's 7.30 yeah. tonight. And w- if it started at 5.30, everyone's out here by 8.30. Yep. you still got the evening. I, I wish they would start it earlier. I really do. Yeah. I wish it would be a 5 o'clock, 6 at the latest start on New Year's Eve. That's that's my only yeah. little bugger. I'm on board with you. Uh, you know the Russians really rock New Year's Eve? I had a long conversation no. with, oh, with yeah, Anton Hudobin right, yes. the other day. It is their... And they go, I mean, they go nuts, right? Like it is the biggest celebration. Everybody comes back. It's basically their their Christmas. Christmas. They their presents. There there are fireworks. They make this tub of salad tradition. That's their traditional meal. You know yeah. how we have turkey on Thanksgiving right. and that. They have this massive chopped salad, and uh, and it is. I mean, it is nationwide, yeah. and nobody. Dodges it. Everybody's into it. So I, I would suspect Alexander Radulov's going to have a big one uh, here tonight for the Dallas Stars. There
1: seems to be, uh, like he said, that you all go outside and share a drink together. Like everybody. Yeah. You know, in, in, outside in Russia on New Year's Eve, it's well,
0: <laughs> you need a little alcohol to, to keep you yeah, warm. Antifreeze. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're wrapping up 2018. So can you uh, run down your best? Of 2018? Or, or what? Yeah. What For the you're... stars? Um,
1: I mean, obviously, if you're looking at the league, the fact that Ovechkin lifted the cup was magic to me. And then the celebration. The pickled, <laughs> the pickled parade. <laughs> they came afterwards. It re, like, you sit there and you go, well, what more can this league do? Or what's, what's a new story? What's something different? And obviously, Vegas getting there was fantastic. But Ovechkin needed to win. I think the fact that he dug in and, you know, again, we talk about becoming a different type player and everything like that. Um, that was fantastic.
0: I thought the Golden Knights ending yes. up in the Stanley Cup final was obviously a highlight as well. They have an expansion team. Everybody kept waiting. Yes, I I, did. After they won their – we created a monster here at American Airlines Center. <laughs> they won game. their first game, and everyone was like, oh, that was cute, and their goaltender right. won the game for them. And then they continued to win. Then they lost goaltenders, and they continued to win. Then they kept winning – then they became a playoff team, and everyone was like, wow, but a team's going get to get a chance to drill down on them, you know, four or five straight games. They won. Yep. They won again. All of a sudden, they're in the Stanley Cup final. And they were, what, 500 to 1 yeah. to win the Cup in Vegas at the start of the season? Yeah. And a few wins away from actually And the doing way they it. did it, too. I
1: yeah. I mean, that was a fun team to watch. Yeah.
0: The other would be the emergency goalie. Yes. That was Scott Foster. Yeah. That stepped in in, in Chicago. Not only – like, just stepped in for a couple minutes. He played 14 minutes right. against Winnipeg. Shut out hockey. And shut him down and preserved the win. And he was, what, a 36- or 37-year-old accountant? Right. I mean... It's a good story to I tell like, at the office, at I the told you. I told you back then, I, it makes us look like you're an absolute garbage <laughs> league. It does. It's toilet bowl now, stuff. Now, I will go back to a
1: few practices. Well, it makes you... See, what? And Daryl Ray used to go into net. And he was good for 14 in minutes. In a practice. For 14 minutes. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't step
0: into a game. Against uh Shifley in Line? Yeah. <laughs> I mean it just you it done cheapens it. the position. Uh, Let me no, say that. The, From a star's perspective, uh Sagan scoring forty. Uh pretty big deal. Uh, Hodobin just the other night setting a franchise yeah. record with forty-nine saves in Nashville. And the way again,
1: and the way he does that too. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> You're like, how does he do that? I know. Anything else from uh, Stars? Well, the
1: standpoint? new coach. I, I do think, uh, you know, good and bad uh, because
0: – 2018 is going to be remembered for what we talked about right. off the hop too. But,
1: but point being is, is, you know, here's a guy. It's the third coach in three years, and you do wonder where they're going. But I like the guy. Yeah. I really do. And, and I know we've seen in other places that it's really hard to be an NHL coach when you don't have NHL experience. Um, but it's going to be really interesting because, he, you know, he knows the NHL. He, I don't want to say he played consistently in the NHL, but he was around the NHL for 10 years. Yeah. And I think he has an idea of how to deal with the players and how to deal with everything else. You know, I'm not sure if he knows how to deal with CEOs yet, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's learning. He's learning on the job. <laughs> the other one would be Miro Haskinen's arrival. Yes. Uh, here would be a highlight from 2018. Worst of 2018?
1: Hmm, that, that slump. And it's funny. I mean, we talk about the media and everything like that. When when they lost, would they go oh seven 7 one on the road? Uh, and we just have to walk in there and ask the same. So, why are you losing? Yeah. <laughs> it was painful. And, and you know, the other
0: thing... That, that loss to the Canucks was painful yes. here. And they were rolling. Yes. Would they won five in a row, I yep. think, and then they got blasted 6 nothing at American Airlines Center? It was gross.
1: And, again, you know, the owner uh, is from Vancouver. You probably yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I would... Uh, what coincided with sort of the the slide last year was the injury to Ben Bishop right and to me that the worst thing that happened in two thousand and eighteen from a star's perspective was Dan Ham falling on Ben Bishop yes. here on March fifth against Ottawa because once he went down and it 's ironic because Carey 's here at the morning skate yep. to see his old buddy auntie Niemi, and Kari had been fabulous on the road, especially right. for the stars in all those tough second games of back to backs. But it just wasn't the same at that position after, after Ben went went down. Well, in confidence of the team. I mean, you know, they were 37, 23 and six when he got yeah. injured. And Hitch, you know, coaches a defensive
1: system anyway, but now all of a sudden they're going into, hey, look, we got to protect this goalie, and you know, and yeah. I, you because know, you, you look at the numbers and their scoring went way down in that in that slump. The other well. one would
0: be gritty. Uh, it's another one of the bad things. No, so. no,
1: that's a wonderful thing.
0: Oh, the, gritty is. The, the media loves gritty. They do? Yeah. It, well, it could be both then. Yeah. He could be both. The, the, look at, I think, I think the millennials love head. gritty. <laughs> uh, he's totting his head. Uh, we're going to get to some resolutions uh, here. Want to talk very quickly about this. This won't be released. We're not, by the time this gets released, it will be released. And that is the big news, not for 2019, but for 2020. Correct. And uh, that's the winter classic coming to Big D, which is a incredible coup and get for this franchise. Yes, Like, I figured they would get one. I thought it would be a stadium series thing, and it would be o- certainly be over in Jerry's World, so right. they could put 115,000 people in there. And have control of the environment. We are in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. So. But in- I love the fact that it's going to be outdoors yep. at the Cotton Bowl. And it's hey, give credit where credits due. Like Brad Alberts, the Stars' president, worked his butt off right. lobbying the league to do this. And I think there was some trepidation from their standpoint, just because it's a non-traditional market and right. our team hasn't exactly uh, been a front and center national uh, presence. But he talked them into it. Yep. they got a huge job. Uh, and and Jim Lights, uh, you know that 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 brain trust in the office that has to sell tickets. And the two things that they have in front of them are better cross your fingers for weather yes. and uh, they're going to have to sell, sell, sell their, their fannies off in order to get that thing full. Yep. It would really help if a resolution for 2019 came true, which is the stars being a playoff team again.
1: Correct. And you know, what's interesting about all of that is, and I keep going back to this. I know fans don't like to hear it, but in my opinion, the ability to win might be next year, you know, because you move on from some older contracts, your Haskinens, you know, get a, a year under their belt. So my hope, and, you know, again, I work for the team, so I'm a little bit biased now, but they'll be a top team then. And, again, the, the step to becoming a top team is to make the playoffs, yeah. get the playoff experience, because we look at Tyler, we look at Jamie, and in the last, whatever, five years, they only have, you know, two or three rounds of playoff experience – they need that, you know. They need that to to take that next yeah. step. And and if the timing's right, this could be wonderful. Like they really could be one of the the hot happening teams next year on New Year's Day, and people might be excited about seeing Miro Haskinen and John Klingberg and Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan. And I mean, it really could be a fun experience.
0: Yeah, it's hey, look, I'm titillated by this. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I remember, I somebody asked me about that. And I was like, it's, they're going to get an outdoor game. And they were just like, you're kidding me. They're right. never going to get an outdoor game here. You, no way, no how. I haven't even looked at w- what's the weather For here. tomorrow? Yeah. Is it raining?
1: Probably. This afternoon, we're in the 60s. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the heat's not a problem. No, they can, it's they the can rain. pump ice. They did it out in California. Right. Rain's bad. Yes. Rain is bad. Yeah. We don't want rain. So, uh, last thing before we get to our resolutions, the great Jeff Totes who is our well he's the only millennial that we really deal with on a day-to-day basis but he he wants millennial resolutions for 2019 I'm on board Well here it is I remember New Year's Eve when it was the actual millennium. Yes. And that was, for me, the most memorable of these New Year's Eve editions of Dallas Stars Hockey, the millennium. It couldn't have been more perfect no, that's, over at Reunion Arena.
1: Well, And then, again, we talk about the popularity of the team. Like People knew who the Dallas Stars yes. were. People knew who Brett Hull was, and this was a big deal. And like you said, seeing it up on the ticker tape in Times Square, you're like, whoa, these guys are – Do
0: you remember that, Totes? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's a millennial. He was just born. <laughs> How old were you?
2: Uh, I would have been seven years old. Uh, eight years old, just turned eight. And you don't remember that? Not the star specifically. Oh, I remember 2000.
0: He's wow. such. Brett Hall was just such a here I am guy that it was perfect yes. for him to do that on that on a night when, I, and I'm not kidding. Like people were like, I don't know if, if everything's get, gonna work tomorrow right. or like, at midnight. There could be pure chaos. Y two K, Y two K was legitimate. Like they did and Anybody at a, a higher inte- intellect. It says, "Well, I knew it was going to be is right. lying to you. It's yeah. BS because everyone ex- they didn't know yeah. and and they were expecting the worst that Prince, your computers would Prince not had work already the next already about it. Yes, two thousand zero zero party over, out of time. So, <laughs> so he uh, so he scores in the game, and you're the t- right at midnight. The tickers going across with Brett Hall in Times Square, and we had a major bash downtown here after the game. Like it was.
1: That was cool, too. And everyone
0: kind of sat around and went, we're okay. That was back when everybody went to the party after. Yes. Like, everybody. Media, players, yep. uh, people that worked in the office. It was family. Yeah. And it felt like it. But
2: you, uh, <laughs> you have this. Go ahead. Take the floor. Let's talk uh, resolutions for 2019. So, well, pulled a couple of our guys down in the room, and it took some uh, prodding. But here's what we got from them. Tyler Sagan, eat less pizza. Ben Bishop drink less coffee, Jamie Ben drive slower on the tollway, (laughs) (laughs) and Alexander Radulov win the Stanley Cup. Those are the resolutions I got from our group. That guy's plugged in, isn't he? Uh, Yes. (laughs) He plays like it most. I know.
1: I I, I like Rad's because you know. So do I. Yeah. He also will use a little profanity to get his
0: point across. (laughs) I I like I like him and I detest him at the same time. You know. (laughs)
1: Well, it's just the way he's like
0: that. That Kramer painting in Seinfeld.
1: The, the irony is that he is like Brett Hall, and that you know you're going to have some bad yeah, stuff here. Yeah. You may have a couple of blown coverages, or maybe a you know mistakes of too much effort. But boy, the other it's side not even is that; so it's nice. the outburst. Yeah,
0: you know, it's the emotions getting the best of him, his passion getting the best. But then again, it's what makes him a special right. player in a positive light as yeah. well. So.
2: You want that. I love it John Klingberg said he did not need to make resolutions he felt he was a good person
0: that sounds like John Klingberg <laughs> too
2: he's a
1: very very uh, uh, sapient he's, person. yes he, he
0: thinks is about these things he is the salient sapient, sagacious Swede wow. on this squad the stars and I call him that's a... alliteration for 2018 to the eighth power <laughs> any
2: others? That's all I got from our guys. Most of them, I guess most of the Euros didn't understand what <laughs> resolutions are.
0: Who <laughs> no knows? Like, like Listen to the millennial just tossing Euros <laughs> into a big bin. Huh? <laughs> I thought you guys were all-encompassing. You're hugging the world. Yeah, we love everyone. Yeah, hate straws, love yeah. everyone.
2: We hate plastic straws.
0: So the millennial uh, resolutions that I could think of would be uh, stuff like get your own Netflix account. See, there's truth in that, isn't there? Everyone's using, like, Somebody else's. Do I have to explain these? Open (laughs) a vape-friendly micro-craft brewery with a vegan menu?
2: Yeah. That's pet-friendly, too.
1: (laughs) Did you see that thing about California? (laughs) That California pet stars are only going to have shelter animals now.
2: That's great. Shut up. Dead serious. Law. No more puppy mills. California's got it right. Which is good. Very millennial-friendly state. See? Uh, you saving the world, the millennials. You know
0: what? Uh, resolutions for millennials, pronounce full words.
1: <laughs> well, that's impossible.
0: No, no more fam, natch. There, there aren't that many more words. It's only one more syllable. You shorten, guys can do it. Shorten everything. Really? Yep. Swag. Uh, uh-huh.
1: Swag. I had some swag out there today. Oh, my today.
0: God. You sound like you're 50.
1: Uh, did you like my celly? <laughs> <laughs> celly. There you go.
0: Hattie. Uh, pick a filter. Why? You should just just rest how, on rest on one filter. That's How
2: we express our individualism. Your go
0: to filter. No. No. Uh, leave a voicemail. No. Do you don't, think you could do that in twenty nineteen? Don't even make a call.
1: Yeah. Why would you? <laughs> the worst. My son doesn't pick up the phone.
0: Uh, and well, here you will agree with this. R O F L a little more, right? <laughs>
2: No one says that anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Raffle. That's, that's so 2015. Forgot uh, that existed.
0: Well then, SMH. You should SMH
2: less. Less SMHing, more ROFLing. R-O-F-L-ing. Okay. I like that. Mike, what do you got?
1: Uh, for millennials or uh, no, just, just the world your, in what's general? What's your resolution? Um. <laughs> Uh, In the coverage of this team, it's funny because we had this meeting last week, uh, we wanted to be more fun. (laughs) <laughs> so I guess Jim lights embrace that philosophy, but you know, dig into the personalities of the players. You know, go in and find out.
0: What, dig into them, period. Yeah,
1: and find out what Anton Hudubin does on New Year's and and all these yeah. other. You know, because there's a thousand great stories out there. And you know, I'm I've started out the you know first part of this doing the job the way I did at the morning news, and and I do think I need to do it different. I need to find. More fun, find more depth in the
0: players. Yeah, sports is supposed to be fun. Right. It's sports entertainment. And it gets serious. We all understand that. And we've (laughs) been witness to it. But it it is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to leave with a smile on your face an awful lot. So I I agree with you. I'll I'll say this as mine, and then we'll close it out for 2018. You're going to play the song at the end of this, are you not? Yep. It's Pink. It's the Pink song, right?
1: I thought you were going Green Day on this. Oh, please.
0: I will no longer waste time reliving the past. I will instead spend it worrying about the future.
1: Wow. We could all embrace it. Not really.
0: <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> on behalf of all of us here, Totsie, I wish you all the best in, in 2019. Same to you, Mike. To you as well, As dear. we take this challenge on. Uh, But from all of us at Rinky Dinking and the Dallas Stars, health, life wealth, and happiness to all of you out there in 2019.